Warning, may contain slight profanity, red bird books, paranormal romance, Peter Pan porn, and, or nuts. I, am, Woodstock. Well, Elisa, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. For you are the me. owner of Redbird Books yes. here in town. I've admittedly never been to your store. And when <laughs> when uh, I was talking to my wife, she brought up not only you, but your husband, mm -hmm. because you both have this cool dynamic about just supporting local activities local shops as in yours and she loves y'all she she thinks you guys are great and um <laughs> she said you have to get them on and i originally was going to have you on as a couple mm -hmm. and i was told that no you guys are too interesting you got to split you up so <laughs> I, I get you one-on-one -on -one. so thank yeah. you so much for coming on i want to hear everything about well i've never met anyone who owned a bookstore me either until i met the owner of the bookstore that i purchased <laughs> <laughs> so when did you purchase it? Um, so we kind of got everything together last year, but we agreed not to transfer the bookstore till January 1st. Um, I come from a financial background, so to me, it makes sense to just cut off the first of the year when taxes will start again and everything. So I know that's boring stuff, but <laughs> she really wanted um, to start right away, but I was like, you know, for me, it'd be better if we started at the first of the year so I could have a fresh start and everything would be um, new. 1-1-2022, that's when I purchased the bookstore. It is very rare that you have just a small little bookstore anymore. You have Hastings, which those are kind of out now. Yeah. You used to have, what was it, Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. It's really just Amazon now if you're going to grab a book. And so having a local store, it's it's unique. And it's, I, in my opinion, it's really rare. What drew you to buying a small mom and pop bookstore in a town the size of Victoria? Well, um, I love books. And I have, God, my whole life, it's pretty much my only hobby. <laughs> I'm a very introverted person. And um, if I'm not, you know, doing something with my family, my husband or my kids, I'm reading a book or listening to a book or um, watching an adaptation movie of a book or something, you know, so um, I've read, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. And it just it really to me, when I'm reading a book, it's like a movie in my head. Like, I guess that's just my imagination. So just like you would enjoy going to the movies and watching a movie, I can read a book and get that same experience. So um, I, I've been going to Barnes and Noble since I was a kid and I spent all my money there all the time since I got my very first job babysitting to when, you know, I actually had to pay bills. <laughs> um, and so I would go to the bookstore all the time and actually the owner there thought that I was a teenager I guess I don't know or a college student probably and she asked if I was looking for part-time work and I was like no oh, I actually work at a bank and you know I have a full-time job and she's like oh how old are you and I was like well, I'm 34 <laughs> 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 and um I was like, well, technically I am a student. I'm going to school. I was going to college to get my master's degree in library science so that I could be a librarian. 
And she basically was like, oh, well, wouldn't you rather just own your own bookstore? And I was like, oh, yeah, that would be amazing. But So she approaches a woman who she thinks is a teenager and then immediately says, hey, do you want to buy my bookstore? Well, she she did mention that, you know, she'd had several people like interested in looking at the bookstore, but she wanted somebody who was passionate about books like her and not really in it for the money which I'll tell you I'm not because I'm not making any from that bookstore. <laughs> well, we got to change that. We'll, we'll get to that though. <laughs> but, um, and it's not, it's not because this bookstore is not making money. It's just because I want to make it better and making something better always Reinvest requires reinvestment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's basically, you know, what drew me in. She, she was like, Hey, do you want to buy a bookstore? And I was like, uh, do you want to fulfill my lifelong dream? Uh, <laughs> And uh, she was she's just the sweetest lady. And I thought, you know, that's, you know, whatever, that's not going to happen. And I went home and I told my husband and he's like, well, did you ask her how much it cost? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because it's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> we can't buy a bookstore. And then I talked to my other family members who, you know, own businesses. And they're like, well, what's the harm in just asking her like details? And so Josh is very gung ho, which is why he was like, we better do separate podcasts because I'm just going to take over the whole thing and you're, <laughs> you're going to be quietly sitting there. <laughs> um, so we um, I I work at a bank, you know, banking hours, 830 to 530. So I don't really have time to go in during the week. I actually only go to the bookstore on Saturday because uh, I'm an early bird and Every morning when I wake up, my husband and kids are still asleep and I take Saturdays to go spend money at local places in town. So like I get up and I go to the box coffee and I go to the farmer's market and uh, I'll go pick up something from Bella Farms. I'll visit the Texian. And then before I came home, I'd stop at Redbird Books. So I try to spread my money locally on Saturdays. And so Sharita, the old owner, she actually saw me in there several times and and I guess knew that I was an, a customer there. And I take my little boy with me sometimes when I go. So for some reason, ev- <laughs> not for some reason, I love him, but everybody loves him because he's so cute and he has these little glasses. And um, every time we would go in, somebody like a customer would buy him a book. Oh, wow. Right. They'd be like, oh, you're so cute. Like, do you want a book? And he'd be like, yeah. Um, I guess it made us a little memorable because I was always the lady with the kid who people gave free stuff to for some reason. And um, so, yeah, that's how we met. And that's just how it all kind of fell into place. So when you went and visited back in the day, was it was there always people there? Were you the only one? No, it it's it was a fluctuation. Like, yeah, there was always people there. Uh, it's a Saturday, which is one of our busiest days. So, yeah, um, it's not like the parking lot was full anytime I went or anything. But, yeah, every time I went, there was one or two people there while I was shopping. And... So walk me through the process of going from working at a bank to actually sitting down with your husband and saying okay we're we're gonna do this we're gonna buy a bookstore well i still work at the bank so you do both i do both yes um which is how i can reinvest all the money the bookstore makes back into the bookstore that's really cool um because i don't need the money because i have another job (laughs) um i don't so we talked 
Josh is actually the one who went and talked to Sharita, you know, about numbers and, and, you know, it was surprisingly a lot less than I thought it would be. <laughs> so <laughs> we figured out like our financial situation and decided like, let's do it. Like my husband is very supportive and he's like, this is like your dream. Like I was going to school to be a librarian because I'm sure when I'm older, I'm not going to be wanting to work at the bank anymore. And I wanted a chill job to do as an older individual, um, which is why. Isn't was, it like hard to become a librarian? It, you have to have a master's degree, um, which I don't even have a bachelor's degree. So it was going to be a while, which is why I had started because I mean, I was almost finished with my bachelor's degree, but it was going to be a process. Yes. Like how many classes do you have to take to learn the Dewey Decimal System? Um, I don't even know if they, oh, I think they do still use the Dewey Decimal System. But do you? No, I do not. What do you do at the bookstore? I don't think they use the Dewey Decimal System. I don't know. I've, I haven't been to the library here in a while. <laughs> I have a problem returning books. Um, what, well, what do you do at your store? Well, everything's um, arranged by genre and then by the author's last name. So there's no Dewey Decimal System. I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember how the Dewey Decimal System works. <laughs> I just knew it was a it's library It's been term. a while. Like, I haven't seen that since like I was in high school, maybe. Oh, it's like, I guess I'm old. Oh, well, they might figure. still use it. I don't know, because I don't arrange books at the library. <laughs> we get books from the library book sale all the time. And I want to say the the stickers that they put on the books just have genre and last name. I don't remember seeing any numbers, which the Dewey Decimal System involves. Yeah. Um, but once that happened, we had a meeting with the old owners about, you know, how everything would transfer over and how it all work out. They're super sweet, super nice about making everything very accommodating for us. The old owner was retiring to um, spend time with her grandbabies, which is super awesome. Can't wait till I retire. <laughs> how long was the store open? Like, did, was she the original <laughs> owner? No, actually, it used to be called Maranatha Books, which is technically still our LLC name, but um, it used to be on John Stockbauer and it's actually been open since the eighties. Oh, wow. Um, the original owners called it Maranatha bookstore and 12 years ago, I think it was, they moved to the current location and then they sold to the last owner. Um, so she had it for 11 or 12 years and, um, she renamed it Redbird books. Do you know why? Uh, I, think she just liked the name i i she did there wasn't a conversation about the meaning behind it again i have a problem asking questions but um, yeah she and she seemed excited that we were keeping the name I, i'm sure it means a lot to her and she put so many hours and hard work into building it that um we we ended up just rebranding it with the new logo which my husband drew instead of just completely changing everything so but you're going to stick with Redbird and, and I guess, homage to the previous owner. Yeah, it was so hard trying to think of a new name. Like me and my husband talked about it multiple times. <laughs> I was like, let's just keep the current name. And he <laughs> changed the logo and it looks great. So, well, I went online to check it out and there's tons of reviews and pretty much they're all positive. So, yeah. I, I mean, it seems like everyone really enjoys the store, the old ownership and 
why change it if it's working? Yeah. And what you said earlier about how you've never been there before. We have so many people who don't know there's a bookstore in Victoria. People come in there all the time. Like we didn't even know this was here. And it's crazy to me because all you have to do is Google bookstore in Victoria and it's going to pop up. So, um, the, I don't know how long I've been going to Redbird, but I feel like it was after Hastings closed because it's so, you know, it's right there on Navarro in a big area and you just know it's there and you stop and you buy, you know? Yeah. What is it? Just south of Airline on Navarro, Victoria, Texas. Yes. <clears throat> but I meant like when Hastings is open, it's just there. It's such a visual and you know they sell books, so you stop there, you know? But they've been closed for several years now, so... I know that that's why I tried to find a different bookstore because I kind of can't live without a bookstore. And I like to actually look at the books and not just order things on Amazon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even if I'm not going to buy the books because I'm so busy right now, I really don't have time to read, um, which is sad for me. But The I, irony of doing what you love. I know. <laughs> you can't do what you love. No, but I still do. You have to find loopholes and make sure that you get your happiness somewhere, which is I listen to audiobooks. Um, you know, while I'm cooking, while I'm cleaning, I want to know the story, no matter how I'm going to get it. So that's how I get it, even though I can't actually I, I physically read books every once in a while when I find the time, but not as often as I like to. I miss reading physical books like recently I did because a friend lent one to me we can get to which books that you're into because i'm sure we have some overlap <laughs> but it's so much better when it's paper for for me maybe it's just the i know when the end's coming and so you kind of get excited for that climax where a lot of books recently i've read off of kindle either off of my phone or we finally broke down and bought one of those little kinder kindle paper whites yeah it's just not the same it just really isn't it isn't, but um, I like my Kindle Paperwhite because I like to read in the bath and books getting wet is not fun. That is true. <laughs> and those Paperwhites are now uh, water, water resistant. Yeah. <laughs> well, as someone who owns a bookstore, you shouldn't be telling people that. I no. know. <laughs> I mean, again, that's something that's not conducive to running a business, which is I... I honestly don't care where you're getting your books from as long as you're loving reading and enjoying it. I would prefer you buy them in my store, but if you're not somebody who likes to hold physical books, you know, I'm not holding it against you because I have the same problem. I can't, I don't have time to read the books, but I still want to consume the information. So I listen to audiobooks. It's the only way that I can get the enjoyment because I really don't have time. And um, a lot of times it's just passive. I'm not even listening to things that are new. Like I probably listen to Harry Potter once or twice a year and I've already listened to it a million times. So it's not like I'm getting new stuff, but I'm still getting the enjoyment while I'm doing my day-to-day -day life things. Yeah, I used to drive a lot. In fact, recently I've been driving a lot as well. So that's pretty much my go-to. You can, I, I say it's time traveling. You can drive for five hours and all of a sudden you're there and you didn't have to worry about any of the road signs. And it's so nice that you like that because my husband and my sister have like 
hated me for listening to audiobooks while we're going anywhere. <laughs> it just bores them? What? Like, yes. they can't get into the story? My sister's like, I'm going to fall asleep if you don't turn this off. <laughs> See, that's how my wife was. And then I forced her, like, straight up. I said, if I'm driving, I get to pick what we're listening to. And you're just going to fall asleep anyways. <laughs> so I threw on this audiobook. And before I knew it, she was hooked. And now she listens to that audiobook while she falls asleep. I think it's like her third or fourth time through yeah. it. Um, how big is your personal collection? Of books? Um, I have a very small physical personal collection of books. I actually brought one to show you because I like to keep the really pretty books because I don't have a lot of space. It's not like I have a library at home. <laughs> My husband just made me a very small library, but it's only like two shelves. So, and I, I want to be selective of what I put there because it's going to fill up fast. And of course, he's like, well, you own a bookstore, so you have a ton of books. But yeah, you have a huge <laughs> library. That's awesome. They're not the ones that like I want in my personal library. So <clears throat> I don't know if you're going to see it, but I brought a really pretty copy Ooh. of a book to show you because I like to collect these. Um, so it says From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Armentrout. Um, and it just has really pretty artwork. And that is really cool. I've never seen, so it's got the sleeve on the outside. Yeah, but so you the, can flip it and uh, make double it Oh, double-sided sleeve. I guess you can get a... Uh, there we go, there we go. <laughs> and it's just the gold foiling on the book is just so beautiful. It. I love for all of my personal collection books to look like this, and I get you know special subscription boxes and stuff to buy these things because these are the ones that i like to have in my shelf when i worked at a vhs like video store mm -hmm. back in the day of the blockbuster before those all went to the dust there was a place called hollywood not hollywood video america great american video mm -hmm. there's just a small little uh, town that i worked in the producers would send us like pre-releases. Do you get stuff like that as a bookstore owner? Um, I, we own a used bookstore and okay. right. the previous owner, she didn't, she bought some new books, but not a lot. And I just, it took me this whole three months, but I finally got a, um, an account where I can order new books at like a wholesale price because you know, before, I'm not sure if she would do it all the time, but, you know, they would buy books on Amazon. And then, of course, because you paid the Amazon price, you have to sell it for more than that in order yeah. to make a profit, which is fine to do. But if you want to order a mass amount of books, you can't really do that because you're spending a lot of money and not really getting a lot of return. So I, I actually got... Um, an account with a publishing company so that I can buy discounted books from them at a wholesale cost so that I could sell it to my customers at a normal price without having to, you know, crazy sell it for like $25 or something just to make a profit. <clears throat> so when you order in bulk, how many do you have to order to get the wholesale price? Do you no, know? I can order with this company. I, as long as I order 25 books and it doesn't even have to be the same book 25 of just 25 books as a whole oh okay they give me the wholesale cost oh that's great i know and i just placed my second order and the girl sent me a picture of the box today they're so excited what's the publisher um it's it's 
a company that deals with all the publishers. Oh, that's and even so, better. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's called Ingram, and oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah, and so they pretty much have like all the books on there, and so I just order either what's popular or what I think will sell or what people are asking for. Um, but it's a weird transition because a lot of people come in there to buy used books. Um, and so when we have new books out, they're like, oh, well, how much is this? And and we tell them, well, that's a new book. So you have to pay the new book price and you can't use your trade credit. And um, <clears throat> while we do have that, those are our customers who have been coming in forever that are used to the lower prices. But, you know, we're trying to draw in new customers as well. And they're looking for, you know, New York Times bestsellers and books that came out last week. And we're trying to fulfill both of those needs by bringing in new books, but also still having the used books as well. Is there an option to where, say I wanted a hardback book and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just mad at Jeff Bezos today. <laughs> um, would I be able to call in and have you order a specific book? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to start doing that. I don't really have room for a library. Have you seen my <laughs> current living conditions? We we have a travel trailer and then we have a, a secondary travel trailer that I renovated into the studio. Um, but my dream always has been to someday own a library with a freaking ladder that can roll across oh the wall. God, That's all yes. I want in life. I send TikTok videos to my husband all the time where people have those. <laughs> Someday, I don't care if I have to steal it, cheat. I don't know. I'm going to get one of those yeah. in my home. I, maybe I'll just like put like a, you know, those cheap sheds that you get at, at Home Depot mm -hmm. and I'll just renovate that into a library. Yeah. But there's going to be a ladder that rolls yeah. or maybe a balcony if I get like super like Beauty and the Beast rich. I was going to say it's funny because that's like the Beauty and the Beast dream because you see her like going off on the ladder. Um, she gets everything. I know. Yeah. Um, I like that you pointed out that you listen to Harry Potter all the time. <laughs> that was actually, I, I'm pretty sure that was the first book that I ever got Treya to listen to. We use Audible. What what software do you use? I use Audible. Audible. Yeah. It's just a good deal. Again, Bezos, that son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I... I think Harry Potter is a great story um, for anyone who wants to get into audiobooks. They, it's a great narrator. And that's one Jim thing. Jim is the best. He's great. If anybody wants to get into audiobooks, I suggest listening to Harry Potter first because Jim Dale does a different voice for every character. And it's just like the coolest dad ever is reading you a story because he's doing all the voices, you know? It's really good. And it's for people who have only watched the movies, the movies were actually pretty solid, in my opinion. Yeah. My younger brother absolutely abhors them because he, he grew up reading the books yeah. and it was his first experience seeing an adaptation. And as you know, adaptations are pure dog crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> always. There's very, very few exceptions. And Harry Potter is one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I can't get that through to my brother, though. A, a lot falls through and depending on who your favorite characters are like let's say Ginny's your favorite character you're gonna hate the movies because they totally destroy her in those movies uh she's so amazing in the books and such a large part of what they're doing and in the movies she's like nobody <laughs> well my big issue is harry <laughs> like in the books, if you like really pay attention to the details, he's supposed to be a tall, muscular, athletic man. Yeah. Sorry, Daniel, but that's just not, you know, he's he's a good actor. Yeah. He turned into a good actor. But I, I it is, 
I don't think the movies are ever going to hold up. Lord of the Rings was one of those where even Lord of the Ring fans liked. But other than that, like, I don't know how many adaptations from book to whether it's TV or video, people aren't just furious about. There's usually a very big disconnect. I mean, if Hermione's your favorite character, they displayed her very well. Well, what was that? Emma Watson is yeah. that her name? I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Live Action Beauty and the Beast was actually pretty good too. Yeah. So my history with reading stems from my older brother. He got into fantasy books at a fairly young age. I'm three years younger than him. So I was reading fantasy books before I should have been. Yeah. I, I read them even though I was like way too young to understand what was going on. Um, the books that really kind of, I don't know, absorbed my childhood were um, Robert Jordan, The Will of Time series. Have you uh, had a chance to read you those? excited when they said they were going to make that into a show? <laughs> well, my whole life they were saying they were going to turn it into a show. And when they finally get it picked up by, again, Amazon, <laughs> I was really excited. They had a huge budget. Everyone was really pumped about it. I even watched like first three episodes and I got like so happy. I was excited. I'm like, they're going to nail this. And then something bad happened. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> like, no, the, the last episode, I just was so confused about in what world they thought it was a good direction to take it. Have, are you, have you read the books? I've never read the books okay. and I've never seen the show. Um, but every once in a while we get one in at the store and the girls are super excited because we have a lot of people on reserve for those books. There's a huge cult <laughs> fan base. I, I was shocked at how huge it was. I just loved it as a kid. Maybe it's because it's it's a huge investment in time. Like the first book is, I want to say like 600 pages. They're really big. Yeah, I've seen them. Like they get up to like a thousand page long books and then there's 14 of them total. Yeah. This dude would put a, a book out every few years, dies before he can even finish the series. They get in my opinion, the current greatest writer, maybe greatest of all time, depending on what you're, uh, whether you like <laughs> prose or just, you know, Brandon Sanderson is the the author and he can actually, he can write like four books in a year compared to most of these authors. He has a lot of books and a lot of people rave about his fantasy books and I love world building. So I don't know why I've never tried, but I've never read any of his books. He is amazing at world building. If you like fantasy genre, which as a Harry Potter fan, that's more of a, a standard magic system. Mm -hmm. And here's where my nerd shines, right? <laughs> Brandon Sanderson has this uncanny ability to take... To me, I was always... I guess I, I didn't like the standard magic system because as a kid, for some reason, I thought it was corny and I didn't. I wanted to be cool. Yeah. And so that's, I think, why I liked Will of Time because their magic system was very different mm -hmm. it wasn't a i'm a witch i'm gonna cast a spell yeah, yeah. brandon sanderson he is the goat when it comes to creating a new crazy weird magic system and then his next book has a completely different one that's just as amazing and he's probably done it a dozen times yeah. with these different intricacies and it's always like great balance and logic to it i highly recommend delving into sanderson it's going to really takes some time to catch up because he does release multiple books per year. But the cool thing, many of them, I think the majority, at least of his adult leaning books are all part of one big, 
big um, world. Yeah. yeah, they call it the Cosmere. So it's multiple planets in this universe. I think it's multi-dimensional even, depending on which books you're reading. And it's it's just impressive this the sheer magnitude of what he does. Yeah. Now his quality of prose, I don't know, I, probably not. But as far as actually finishing a friggin' book, unlike some authors that uh, we might be able to get into, but George R. R. Martin. Uh, <laughs> um, what is the name of the wind guy? What's his name? Rothfuss. Please. Okay. Somebody I just saw in your eyes that you've never read Name of the Wind. That is. Somebody called the other day, or did they come in? I can't remember. And asked for a Rothfuss book. And I was like, how do you even spell that? And I had to look it up on Amazon. <laughs> Patrick Rothfuss. I think he was a teacher or still is. Just wrote a book and it ended up being a just a killer great it, it's just like the epitome of storytelling it, like it without spoiling anything it's the story starts off with a guy telling a story to someone else and then so you're a story within a story and then within that story he's telling he's telling other stories within that story he's telling so it's almost like inception with storytelling yeah and then he ties music into it which with the written word and music it's very difficult to do but he's just got a great talent for it i I personally think Name of the Wind and the um, the following, there's a sequel to it, are some of the greatest books out there just for pure enjoyment on my part. The third book has taken, heck, I want to say it's coming up on a decade. I don't, I don't know when he I'm wrote the last one. It, it's a George R.R. R. Martin, like, just <laughs> nightmare. nightmare. <laughs> they, they're probably hanging out laughing at us. Right. Um, the We have George R.R. R. Martin books, which nobody ever asks for. Um, but I'm trying to condense the amount of books we have in the store because we'll have like 10 copies of one Nora Roberts books book that we haven't sold in like a year. And I'm like, why do we need all these? So, um, we were going through fantasy and sci-fi and they're like, do we need all these George R. R. Martin books? And I'm like, yes. Cause when he finally releases that last book, we're going to get a bunch of people in here trying to buy all the old ones so they could catch up. <laughs> since it's been 500 years since they read them. Are they all like sets? No, it's individual books. Like the, the cover artwork and everything's different, mm -hmm. different size. Yeah. Okay. So as a used bookstore, I imagine paper books, the ones I've had at least, you have that just awful spine where everything tears apart, especially like tour books. They're just <laughs> notorious for that. Do you, get, do you have a lot have, of hardbacks? If they're falling apart books, we don't put them out on the shelf. If they're falling apart to the point where it's kind of unreadable, um, we don't resell those. We only take books that are acceptable condition. Like I can still hold and read this book, you know? What do you do with them? Um, if they're falling apart, like you can't hold it, we have to uh, recycle those. Do you burn them? You no, book burner? we just put them in the recycle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot of books, if we just have extras and stuff, we donate to the local jail. We donate to the Port Lavaca prison. We donate to, um, if they're kids books, we donate to United Way. Like we have a lot of places that we donate all of our excess to. And um, we have a lot of excess, so. Do you accept donations? Like people oh, yeah. have a box of like, hey, I got these books. I don't know what they are here, take them. People bring in donations a lot, or they just bring in books for trade because we give people trade credit for bringing in books. Very cool. Um, I wish people would not bring in some books. Um, but What's the weirdest book you've gotten? 
Um, do you like personally go through them all or do you have someone to the do girl, that? Yeah, I don't because I have my other job. I don't really work there day to day. Um, but yeah, sometimes we get like one time we got in like a weird pornographic version of Peter Pan with like Wait, what? Pi pictures. Yeah. You see my face right now. Yes. I got excited. Like, Peter Pan. <laughs> yes, it was Peter Pan. And the front cover had like Tinkerbell, but like dressed super sexy. And it was. Please tell me you didn't. You didn't recycle that one. No, we didn't. As you still have it? No, like we me, actually excited, sold like, it. Really? Yeah, I'm we not sold surprised. it for like $50. Who did you sell it to and where can I find that? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we could pull that up. Peter Pan porn book. I'm a, I, I sound like I'm a psycho here, but that just caught me off guard when you said like pornographic. I yeah, was not so expecting Yeah, so like the inside was, was like a graphic novel kind of. And it was just. It was it was real so weird. like graphic novel. Um, this I actually, is not a kids show. Lost Girls is that it? No, that's not it. Oh, that's we, apparently there's more than one uh, Peter Pan protect no erotic novels. We we sell books on Amazon, so that's where we sold it. Freaking Jeff Bezos, get out of my show! Is that it? Uh, it looked like that, yeah, but it had a different cover. It, it looked Ooh, some of these we can't pull up. Those are a little too... Um, too spicy. Yeah, some of those are straight yeah, up hentai. It looked, it looked like this design. That's kind of cool artwork. Yeah, you see See what you will about porn. That one up there has a different cover. They, mm -hmm. they were probably multiple covers, so... wonder who... Louiselle? Anyways, let's stop looking at cartoon porn. Uh, weirdly enough, it's not the first time that cartoon porn has come up on my show. Um, I got a problem. And so the, the, I mean, I don't know who brought in that book, but the books that came with that book were all kind of similar. So. But you got fifty book or fifty bucks just off the one book. Did you sell any of the other stuff? Um, I don't know. Do you have like an adult section. We don't have an adult section. Um, I like to call it the romance section. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> just because I don't know, I, I don't know if you read romance books, but we I, have I we not, have an erotic no. section, which I don't understand the point of because there's a lot of books in our romance section that I believe are spicier than the books in the erotic section. <laughs> like Fifty Shades of Grey is in the erotic section, but I know books that are in the regular romance section that I feel are worse than that book. So. I'll share a little bit about myself. I've, I've shared too much on this show, but I can sit there and watch a movie that's spicy, right? I enjoy it. Most, you know, adults do, right? I can't sit there and read a novel that's like, <laughs> as the, I'm not even going to say, I can't even say it. It's like <laughs> weird. I can see it on TV and I'm like, yeah, I like that. I want to see more of that. But the second I'm reading it, I'm by myself. It's just me and a book and I get weirded out. I don't know what it is. Imagine somebody reading it to you. Like out loud? No, because it's like uh, when you're listening to an audiobook, it's like, I feel like it's worse. Than I, I put that in the same category. <laughs> I So I, I used to sit there for like 14 hour shifts doing, um, I was like a, a fuel distributor. I'd sit in, a, I used to be a truck driver, but I drive with like big old tanks full of diesel behind me. I'd drive like two, three hours out in the middle of the Bakken up in North Dakota, and we'd sit there for hours. And every once in a while, we'd go fill up fuel, right? Mm -hmm. But we couldn't sit there and we couldn't sleep. So I would listen to audiobooks all the time. And audiobooks aren't cheap. So when I came onto Audible, 
they do like a, it doesn't matter how big the audible audio book is, you just get it for one token, right? Yeah. So what I would do, I'd sit there online, research for a little bit, and I'd find the biggest bang per buck. So like Stephen King's The Stand, it was like 50 hours long, but it was only like 10 bucks because it was one token. So coming back to our conversation, someone said, hey, have you ever heard of Outlander? And I said, no. Oh, it got really good ratings. I'll download this. It was like, <laughs> again, 40 hours. Yeah, they're super yeah. long. And I start listening to this and I'm, I'm laying in bed about to go to sleep when the first like <laughs> romance scene uh, shows up and I, I had to stop. Yeah. I like, I, I couldn't do it. It was weird. If it makes me uncomfortable, I fast forward through the erotic part to get to the storyline. Hardcore porn is easier for me to watch <laughs> than to listen to that. And so I, I just stopped listening to it. And uh, I lent my uh, Audible account to a buddy so we could listen through all the books. And he just, I just said, yeah, they're all good. I totally forgot about Outlander. So he calls me up one day. He's like, dude, man, I really respect you and I respect your opinion. But what the hell's going on with this Outlander book? And I, he didn't believe me when I said I didn't listen to it, but... Sean, I promise you, I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure it's a good book. I, I heard the series was pretty good too. Yeah, it's. I I never listened to the books, but I did watch the show, and I have a problem doing that in that way. Like after I saw the first season, make of, sure you pull oh, the. Or get the you can move the mic if you want to. After I saw the first season of um, Game of Thrones, I tried to listen to the first book and I couldn't because it's like word for word the same that first season that first book yeah the first book first season even the dialogue everyone should be like that yeah even the dialogue is the same and i'm like uh i could just watch the first season of the show <laughs> i think that's why it did so well though yeah and then you got what is it rafe judkin i think is the producer of um of the will of time show mm -hmm. on amazon how can you not just take a note out of their book and just make the book exactly the same it's so easy well i'm hoping george R. R. martin doesn't make the book exactly the same when he writes the last one because that last season was terrible thank you um <laughs> i've already i think twice on this show uh just like a deranged madman went off on how i thought it should have ended so i'm not going to bore you with it again <laughs> I, I can track down which one if you want to hear but i was going to say you got to tell me those episodes like <laughs> <laughs> oh do you know what really freaking even thinking about it i get nauseous there's been a couple times at the very beginning that because of technical difficulties or I didn't have the sound down that I didn't I didn't use the material. But for the most part, I haven't lost any episodes. I was I was in um, I was in freaking Albania and someone introduced me to uh, a nice guy from Egypt. And randomly, he like I'd been driving and I said, yeah, I just sit there and listen to audiobooks while I drive. His eyes light up. And he said, here's a test. Who's the author? I say, oh, it's Joe Abercrombie. And he flipped out. It was like one of his favorite authors of all time. Turns out all of our favorite books are the same. So I'm like, dude, that's just do an episode tomorrow. I'll, I'll stay one more day in Albania. Yeah. So I get to I get to sit in Albania with an Egyptian guy talking about favorite books that across a world we both grew up reading and all the files get corrupted. Oh my gosh. So I, I couldn't even go back and listen to it. I had like one camera angle, but it was just the camera audio and you can like barely even hear what we're saying. It, it's just, I was really upset at myself with that one, but 
that would have been the first one I would have recommended. I'll have to go back. There's a few uh, references to some of the other ones, but I have a we sell bookish products at the store and I have one sticker that says uh, introverted, but I will but willing to discuss books. And that's like <laughs> just me. If you want to talk about books, I'll talk to you all day, but I'm not really a talkative person when it comes to everything else. <laughs> <laughs> we were in Germany uh, a couple of years or no, a couple months ago. We did a little Europe tour with the show and I'm sitting there in this huge like mall with my brother. My brother was wearing a, a Will of Time t-shirt. One of the workers just randomly came up to us speaking English saying, hey, are you guys Will of Time fans? <laughs> and obviously we are because he's wearing a t-shirt and we ended up sitting there for five minutes just talking in the middle of the stores and she was definitely very introverted but people who love those very specific things yeah. i think that's why i love will at times so much because i thought i was the only one that that was like really important to me and there's a huge amount of people that that they like live and breathe will at time even though it's not the highest acclaimed book there's something about it that if you truly envelop yourself in those books I mean, it, there's something special about them. I have to put it on my TBR. I have like 200 books on my TBR. So. You have to push through, though. <laughs> Robert Jordan had Diary of the Mouth. It was kind of like a Stephen King. Yeah. That, and he just would rant and rant and go and go. But I, I enjoyed it. It's the character building. You'd have like inside joke after inside joke, but you could only understand the inside joke if you spent 30 hours reading the, rest the of previous. It. Yeah. yeah. But he's great at foreshadowing. He'll throw <laughs> stuff in the first book that 14 books later shows up. And that, that I just highly respect, being able to have that foresight. Yeah. Another thing that Brandon Sanderson's really good at doing as well. We've talked enough about my favorite artist. You mentioned Rowling. Rowling? 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 J.K. Bowling? Rowling. J.K. Anti-trans. Somebody told me that it's, it's pronounced like bowling. <laughs> it's Rowling. Oh, there we go, Rowling. Um, who... Uh, other than rolling um i my favorite books are paranormal romance books and Holy I, shit. I never yeah. even knew that was a, a paranormal romance yeah and i think it's because a lot of people don't like them we don't have that big of a section of this hold story, up but we talking like demi moore peace Swayze, clay pottery ghosts type no, paranormal no, romance like you know vampires werewolves okay. magic it, i mean it's a split, so sometimes they're fantasy, but if it has like a larger aspect of romance, it goes in the romance section, not the fantasy section. You know what I mean? So um, ever since you bought Redbird Books, the romance section has been growing. With no, it's humongous. I don't. I need to. It needs to diminish, not grow. <laughs> it's like half <laughs> the store. But um, it's. I think it's just because it has every aspect of every genre in it really so you have the world building you have a little bit of romance nothing crazy and then you have a mystery usually so like one of my favorite authors is alona andrews she's actually a texas-based author alona alona andrews it's actually a husband and a wife who write books together and it's romance her huh? name is alona and his name is andrew and they write as the author Alona Andrews. I bet they got a spicy home life. And it's the books aren't really super spicy. It's a lot of world building. It's a lot of mythology, which I love. I love mythology. A, a lot of the book, um, you know, is going back to, you know, things about ancient Egypt, the Romans, um, Babylon, like she literally 
researches so much stuff and it's actually really funny because I play like trivia games and a lot of times when there's questions about all that history, which I love history, um, I'll get them right. Not because I read history books, but because I read Alone Andrews. <laughs> Because hey, at least she's accurate. She has that's that good. much mythology in her books. And um, yeah, so I really like that's the Kate Daniel series, which is one of my favorites. And and is it kind of like Dan Brown where they put all like this intrigue in it or is it actually historically accurate? Um, no, she actually does her research and it's historically okay. accurate, but it's um, I don't know if I could tell without giving things away because I'll start talking about things and ha and spoiler alert ruin it for everybody. But well, <laughs> I, I blush anytime I even hear the word romance novel side. It probably won't work for me, but maybe Trey will be into it. I don't know. Oh, no. It, and again, like people who love romance don't like it because there's not enough romance. Ah, you know, so maybe and then people who it. people who love, you know, fantasy books don't like it because it has romance. And so that's why it's I like it because it has a little bit of everything. She works for a government agency, so she's solving mysteries. She just so happens to, you know, fall in love along the way. Eventually, it doesn't happen in the first book. Um, and uh, she's also involved in, you know, crazy magical stuff that's going on. So like a a little bit of every genre but you get it in one book so you don't have to read all the genres you know just <laughs> cramming it all in yeah. so lona andrews and she actually that. i guess be, she has several series and two of them that i've read are based in texas so like when she's talking about driving places she talks about like real highways in Houston and stuff, which I think is really cool. Is that where they're from is Houston? Um, I believe she lives in San Marcos. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I go to San Marcos all the time. I'll have to check that out. Alona and, and it's a husband and wife up there. Yeah, it's a duo and they write together. And that's my favorite. I, my I have other authors that I enjoy and I read all of their books. That's what I consider. I consider her my favorite because every time she releases a book, I want to read it. And I, don't, I can't say that about every author that I read. Um, I might be have it like on my TBR, but she's the one that if it's coming out that day, I want to read it that day that it comes out. <laughs> that big a fan. I don't want to wait forever for somebody to spoil it for me. So, Have you heard of the Red Rising series? Yes. Um, Have you read I, it? It's on my TBR. The girls at the bookstore keep telling me I need to read it. One of the girls who used to work at the bookstore has like a YouTube channel and she reviews books. Um, I would give a shout out, but I don't know what her YouTube channel is called. Um, but her name's Andrea and she really likes that book. And, um, and Catherine, who is our bookstore, employee who's been there for years and is the backbone of our bookstore. I would be crying every day without her. Uh, she enjoyed it too. And she doesn't enjoy a lot of books. So I, I've been wanting to read it. I just haven't had time. I used to consider myself a little bit of a kind of a book snob. People would always recommend books and I'd read it and like this is trash. You have no <laughs> idea about depth and storytelling. And so my boy, Jonathan, to his credit, he said, you need to read Red, Red Rising. 
and I put it off and I put it off. I had other books that I'd promised. The second I told people I was going to start a podcast, everyone's like, oh, you should read this book. You should read this. So I'm working my way through all these like heavy, like nonfiction type stuff. And so I finally get around to it because Jonathan's my boy and it ends up being fantastic. And I, I told a few other people and they're all huge nerds into it now. So I think it's a definite worth it read for any, even if you're not into reading a lot, I think that has a really good pace. It's only, I think just three books so far. No, I think there's four because four. I bought all four more. of them okay. when I put in my first new book order. Um, I bought two Red Rising and then a couple of the other ones and we sold both of the Red Rising books, but I think we still have the rest of them. No, I think there's, I think there's five now because there was a original trilogy and it was all based on Darrow. Darrow's the, the lead guy. books to trilogies. I'm happy they did in this case. <laughs> the, because although I really enjoy books that follow the protagonist, the single protagonist, because you're always in the action, you don't have to learn all these new side protagonists. It's it's fun, fast paced. You don't have the depth. So and the author, you could tell, was consistently getting better at writing throughout the series. When he started the second trilogy, he had multiple different characters, introduced a bunch of different people in. And I think he did a pretty fantastic job doing it. I think he succeeded in, in getting the excitement there, still getting the pace moving. And I thought some of the story arcs of the people that I really was not inter interested at first ended up being some of the best story arcs. So props to him. I'm, I'm just really blanking on his name right now. Red Rising. Man, what is his name? Let Isn't me look it that something up. brown? Uh, I think you're right. Not Dan Brown, Red Rising. Oh, Pierce Brown. There you go. There we go. Pierce Brown. Um, I I read these. Um, some of them Kindle, some of them hard book um, or hardback. My friends all listened to them. They said the the audio version is actually very good. Is it about older teens? Because I know it's in the young adult section. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but it's not young adult. That's what the young adult genre confuses me. And we actually split. It's not split enough, I think, but um, all the kids books in the bookstore used to be together. And so we've been gradually splitting, you know, young reader and young adult because we had like um, Charlotte's Web next to a book of a cover with a guy with no shirt on. So it's like, Peter Pan porn. <laughs> yeah. No, that was in the back of the store. That was the erotic section. <laughs> was that erotic or romance? Um, we didn't put it in either. We kept it in the, behind the counter in the back of the store. So how did you sell it? Just uh... on Amazon. Oh, on Amazon. Yeah, we, okay. sold it on. we sell. We have a bookstore on Amazon that we sell books as well. Man, I know you hate Jeff Bezos. I hate him too. He takes half of the money from the books that I sell. Really? Half? Yes, it's a lot. Like wow. It's, it's hard to become a billionaire. I know. It's hard to get to space, I guess. Um, but yeah, we sell on Amazon and that store has been open since the original owners. So it has like 10,000 reviews and. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not going to buy books from you off of Amazon because no. he takes half of it. <laughs> I'm going to come to the store if I want a used book or if there's a new book, I'm going to call you and you're going to order it. In yes, me. I can order okay. books for you. So already put me on the list for 
Patrick Rothfuss's next, that's a hard name to say, his next one. Whenever it finally comes out, I want to, I want to get that from Redbird Books, actual paper. Um, what else? What other uh, books in your childhood shaped you? So um, I think the, I've kind of like imprinted on um, Paranormal Romance because the very first book I bought from Barnes and Noble with my very own money when I was babysitting just happened to be a Paranormal Romance book from the young adult section. And it was written by an author named Amelia Atwater Rhodes and she wrote it when she was 13. And it was a book about vampires. So kind of like, uh, we, so I sit, when you say romance, I'm thinking stuff that kids definitely should not be reading. But I guess with romance, it's kind of like fantasy. There's going to be more romance, adult stuff. Literally just people falling in love in the book. It's considered a romance. <laughs> okay. So I guess Twilight is a romance, but it's not talking about like. Yes, bulging. that's paranormal romance. But because it's a kid book, it's in the young adult section. Okay. Um, so no, just because just because it's paranormal romance doesn't mean there's crazy gross stuff in it or romance at all. There's lots of romance books in the romance section that are very tame and don't involve all that crazy stuff. Dirty, naughty. <laughs> touching and stuff yeah um so yeah it was um my sister actually got one of them and then i got the other one it's called in the force of the night was the first book and then, that sounds dirty <laughs> are you sure it's not no, i trust you yes and okay. then the second one which i got was called demon in my view and it was about a young teenage girl who lived with her mom and ended up running into a vampire at like a party or something and falling in love and you know, she ended up being a vampire at the end of the book. But um, I love spoiler. Yeah. Good. Great. I was going to read it. Now I'm not. <laughs> I was going to say it came out a really <laughs> long time ago. I was 12 years old a very long time ago. Um, but by the way, Dumbledore dies. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> That's a big spoiler. Kids aren't going to listen to this. And if you're an adult listening to this and you haven't read Harry Potter, Dumbledore dies. It's a really big deal. Okay. Darth Vader is also Luke's father. He doesn't die until the very end, and it's so sad. So, <laughs> give a little surprise. In we there. won't tell him about Snape, though. Yeah, that's the biggest reveal. Nobody cares about Snape. What? Um, Snape's like the the the. He I can't. I'm not going to spoil that part. Dumbledore <laughs> dies, though. Um. Yeah. So I really liked the style, and I was also in awe of a 13 year old having a book on the shelf at Barnes and Noble. And how old were you when you uh, came I across was, it? I was 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, I loved that at the beginning of each of her books, she had a poem associated with what you were about to read. So Demon in My View had the poem Alone by Edgar Allan Poe. And it was just a great segue into the book and the very last line of the poem alone is of a demon in my view which is how she got the title and she, each of her books had that and i just loved that i was getting nourished not only by fun you know paranormal romance but poetry and classic poetry and it was all written by a 13 year old just, how cool i know what, what was her name again amelia atwater Rhodes. I imagine she's, well, I guess 33 or no, 35 now. Yeah. She's, she's, <laughs> she's a year older than you. Um, 
Oh, is she still writing? I believe so. Um, we have some of her books at the store, but they're all young adult books. I don't know if she's written. I haven't looked her up in a while. We said Amelia Atwater. Rhodes. Oh, Rhodes. Yeah. Okay. I think those are all the books. 1984. She's, she is same age as me. Yeah. She wrote the book when she was 13, but. She's actually two days older than me. Wow. Yeah, April 18th. What Everyone were you doing when down. you were 13? <laughs> um, you don't want to know. I was probably sneaking my mom's fantasy books. Not being a published author. I know, right? Um, speaking of a published author, I'm very proud of my dad. Um, April 12th, which is in, what, five days, mm -hmm. he's going to be a published author. Cool. It uh, technically is already on Amazon, but it was supposed to, the official release is the 12th. But And uh, I did the audiobook. Awesome. What kind of, uh, you have a good voice for audiobook. Do I really? Yes. I, I worry that I'm doing him a disservice. He asked me to do it. And the only reason I agreed is because I like when people, especially with nonfiction, when the author reads it because mm -hmm. they, they got the emotion behind it. Yeah. I knew my dad would never do that. And I sound a little bit like him. And so I felt like I was a little bit of an homage to him. Yeah. Um, talked a lot. It's, it's called, actually it's right there. Pull it up. Uh, it's a, uh, has the, day it's soft touch soft touch books are my favorite nice dad good choice as um, the day oh. of miracles ceased so um, my my dad has a phd in adult education with the emphasis in religion oh, okay. taught religion his whole life which i don't know how he turned out the way i did he was a great dad it's not his fault i turned out this way <laughs> um but yeah so it's it just uh it poses the question why don't we see miracles in modern day and he posts a hundred true uh, latter day miracles. It's not that they yeah. don't happen. It's that they're not rejoiced as they used to be. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Or, you know, when we think about miracles, I mean, what's the definition? It's something that happens Magic, that, science. yeah, that we don't understand. Yeah. Me talking to you and hearing you directly in my ears right now, that's magic. Yeah, I know. Couldn't do that 100 years ago. I, I couldn't tell you how that works at all. <laughs> still have no idea. It works though, and we put it to the test. Yeah. Um, science, love it or hate it, it's. Done I had some to good put things. that up, or I'd be touching it the whole time. The girls are always laughing at me because I love to touch soft touch books. And soft touch books is uh, your thing. I didn't even know. That A lot of independent books um, are released as soft touch books. So define, like, describe soft touch. I I know what it's like, but I I never would have even known what that meant if i'm listening to this oh i i don't know how to define so it. it's like soft cover but it's like a little bit the thicker cover paper it, it's um a lot of i guess it's like a matte finish instead of a gloss finish it's so it has it. Yeah. that like super soft matte feeling that you get sometimes so this uh other one you brought that's more of a well that's kind of soft touch isn't yeah. it yeah um it's different when it's um a removable jacket when it's actually on the paper itself. Okay. So it's more of like tactile, get a little yeah. bit more of a... I have sensory issues. I'm just going to touch it the whole time if I keep <laughs> it over here. So, Well, uh, Dad, shout out to your <laughs> soft touch choices. I know. We just had an author come in, um, Patrick Gallagher. He writes young adult fantasy and he lives, I want to say in Beeville. Oh, really? Yeah. And he came in for the event we had at the bookstore and um he had a table and people were you know came to look at his books and sign or whatever but he all his books are soft touch so <laughs> he actually gave me a copy which i was very grateful for thank you and 
I was like touching it the whole time and I was like, somebody needs to take these away from me. <laughs> you said Peter Gallagher? Yes. Peter, I want to see if there's anything I recognize. Peter Gall, I don't know how to spell his name. American actor? No. Uh, no. Author. I know his books The Little are on White Amazon. Trip? No. No, that's Peter Joseph Gallagher. Thrift books? No. Wait. Sorry. Did Sorry, I say Peter. that wrong? It might, is it, it might Patrick Gallagher? Else. It might be Patrick Gallagher. That is so rude of me. Well, it's definitely uh, not coming up, but I'll have to look him up because Beeville is just on the road from here, right? Try Patrick. Patrick. I said that with such confidence. Well, we want to give a shout out to good old Patrick Gallagher. Written the story of Gladys Broadhurst. Nope. 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 We'll, we'll figure it out. Anyone listening to this from Beeville, <laughs> give me a call. Go to imwoodstock.com. I have a contact form. My website's actually uh, finally up to date. It took me forever. Something about uh, being on the road and not having internet access is really hard when you Paul upload content. Paul Gallagher. Hey, there we God. go. Paul Gallagher. What is wrong with me? Absolutely nothing is wrong with you. Just Paul Gallagher cut out books all those really rude times when I said his name completely wrong. Random House. <laughs> hey, Paul, she doesn't even respect your trade. No, she really likes you. You gave her a soft touch book. Yeah. Books by Paul Gallagher. I'll have to check those out. So it's like young adult uh, fantasy. Yes. So my I daughter. I haven't read it yet, but um, he is on our Facebook page. Perfect. Wants to. My daughter's mm, not nine, eight. Um, she's starting to actually enjoy reading more, like not novels, but you know. It's so nice because my kids don't like reading. How old are your kids? Eight. No about to be eight and just turned 14. Okay. Well, my older son is autistic, so reading is challenging for him. So he doesn't really enjoy it. Um, my younger son only reads because it's a goal at school and he's extremely competitive. It, again, not for enjoyment, but because he wants to meet these goals that the school sets so he can get candy or whatever else they said that he could have if he meets his goals. <laughs> Does Pizza Hut still do Book It? No. Oh, no. Um, that was the coolest thing as a kid. They they still do Accelerated Reader at the school, but um, they have like quarterly goals. And if you meet your quarterly goal, like he got this big bag of candy when he met his last one and he was so excited. Good job, school system. Yeah. Early onset diabetes. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you for that dentist bill. Every Super time excited. I go to any of my daughter's activities, they have quote unquote snacks, but it's all, it's either pure sugar or uh, processed vegetable oil. Yeah. Like the two things that have destroyed humanity's diet. <laughs> and I, I think it's a really serious thing that no one else seems to care about. I'm, I'm super worried about, I'm more worried about my son's teeth because he is so tiny. Did you see him? He's about to be eight. He's, he could still fit into a five T. He's a cute little guy. Very, um, very nice too. And my mom's like, you need to feed him. And I'm like, I do feed him. I promise he eats everything. So maybe he does need sugar. <laughs> but he doesn't soils. gain weight. Like, um, yeah, it's well, fine. That's one thing that I don't think we're ever going to. Well, I take that back. Not that we're never going to figure it out, but up till now, humans have really screwed up on what we think about nutrition. Yeah. We're very quick to say, oh, we're smart. We figured it out. Nutrition's one where we have failed so many times you over should, yeah, and you over. Sh you should know when like a new study comes out that something's good. 
to immediately not believe it because the 500 studies before were debunked. So like, well, the other part too is I was talking to a guy about, he was just raging about how, what was it like media journalists? I think specifically is what we're talking about. They are trash because they're constantly throwing out just clickbait inflammatory material. And why do they do that? It's irresponsible. And I'm like, here's the thing, man. I, I just started up this podcast and, um, like Redbirds, I'm not, I'm not making any profit off of it. Yeah. I'd love to though. Cause that would be a dream. Right? Yeah. So imagine you're a young journalist and you just get in and you get your first job and you realize that you're not hot shit. And in order to make it, you've got to claw your way to the top. You will do anything to be able to get that click, get, sell that article, whatever yeah. it is. And you can't really blame these guys, right? Is it irresponsible? Absolutely it is. But at the same time, if you're trying to feed a family or you're just trying to fulfill your, your passion and pursue what you think you want to do in life, you're going to make exceptions and you're going to kind of cut corners. Doesn't matter who you are. You're not that strong. There's yeah. a very few of us. And normally you're very privileged who are able to climb to the top without making some exceptions on ethics or morals or whatever it is. So I don't even know where I got what brought us to that, but <laughs> it, it's a, it's a common topic on this show just because I, I like to give people shit, but also take back um, what I say and say, well, they're maybe not bad people. They just are put in a tough position. Yeah. Like everyone. right? <clears throat> yeah. But at the same time, it's like, how informed are they? Do they really know that this art, that's how they justify it. You know, do I really know that this article is bullshit or maybe it's true? I don't know. Like, are they going into it thinking, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know if this is real. It says there's a scientist in the article that proved it. So I'm going to put it out there because he's the expert and not me. He's telling the lies, not me. You know, I had someone on actually, I got a mug here or the hat right there's cold beer, New Mexico. After the episode, she said, Hey, I, I work with young adults. There's a, a issue with, um, you know, porn uh, abuse and It'd be really cool if you got someone on to talk about that. So I read an article um, about um, these researchers at a university that research, you know, porn use, and I got him on the show. And I found him through an article that I read. And what was actually credit to the guy that wrote the article, he reached out to the actual researchers and got their take and published their response to the article. And the response was, yeah, but there's a lot more nuance involved. Yeah. And so if you're going to do research and then someone comes in and writes an article about it, what we already talked about happens. They want to make it at least slightly entertaining. Yeah. They want people to actually read their article. So they're going to put their own little Spin flavor on it. Yeah. And it's going to cut out a lot of the nuance. And more often than not, it's going to cause what you know we're seeing a lot right now. I think the new hot term is tribalism where we very we have a high propensity as humans to latch on to something that like a group yeah feel accepted we're part of it and does not matter what the actual truth is 
we found our group and everyone around me supporting it. So that's truth. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to actually search anymore. Um, I am not that kind of person. Uh, <laughs> I always tell, well, everybody like lying is a pet peeve of mine. Um, it's probably one of the most disrespectful, terrible things you could do to a person is lie to them, especially about something very big. Um, so I, I try to instill in my kids, like lying is terrible. Like you're not getting in trouble for what you did. You're getting in trouble because when I asked about it, you lied to me. Um, and so knowingly doing something like that is just an integrity issue. And a lot of people don't have it. So they can just post whatever they want because, but if they're lying to themselves and saying, well, I put the link to the article inside of my article. So if somebody really wants to know, they just have to click on it. Yeah. <laughs> and the other side is, as you put it, maybe they just weren't informed and yeah. maybe they don't realize that they're full of shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that happens more often than not as well. I, I really truly believe just based off my personal experience, because that's all I have to go off of is the large majority, we're talking 99%, 99.9% of people want to do good. And we see so much bad is because humans just, we, we suck sometimes. Yeah. Like we, we either didn't know that there was another way to do it, or we saw someone else do something while we were young and respected that person. And only in our older age, do we realize that that was an awful way to proceed. I've, I've run into too many old men who say that they wish they would have been easier on their kids. They thought they were doing the right thing. And so as a father right now, maybe just because I'm surrounded by estrogen 24 <laughs> seven, I feel like my, my view on how to, how to raise a kid and how to uh, like just act in general as a human being, even to adults has, has drastically changed and it's leaning way more towards what I think the overall solution, if we're getting really meta, is the only way that humanity is going to get to that next level of like really ramping up and all of us, you know, living in a peaceful, peaceful, nice world is just straight up self-sacrifice, altruism, giving. When you are the journalist that makes it to the top and you're the big dog, you got to give up that power. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's really really easy to say yeah when i get to the top i'll pay it forward but if you're making you know exceptions all along the way not only is that going to change who you are but probably lying to yourself and blinded to all the stuff you've done it it's really hard there, there's like no right right way to go about it i it, it's such a complex situation that i don't even know how to describe it and i'm just going off the rails right now but I have the opposite problem to you because my house is filled with boys or oh, yeah. one man and two boys. But it, I have a testosterone issue in my house. <laughs> and hopefully, like you said, my estrogen helps them in the future. But it's, <laughs> right now I'm just surrounded by boys and it's a, it's an experience. I can't imagine what it would be like raising two boys as two girls. It's a... It's a handful and my friends who have boys seem to have bigger handfuls. Yeah, it's not even, um, I mean, my kids are pretty well behaved, but I'm a girl and things gross me out. 
So it's like neither of you know how to pee in the toilet. Like I'm really confused. <laughs> like how hard is it? I mean, I can't, maybe it is hard. I've never had to do it before, but <laughs> I feel like y'all are old enough that y'all should know where it goes. <laughs> Sometimes it's just splatter. It's just splatter. The, oh. the worst is when it's like really dark at night and you don't want to turn the light on because you're half asleep. <laughs> you just go by sound. And if you hear a splash, then you're, you're hitting you the got pot. It. Yeah, <laughs> that's a dangerous way to go. But have you guys done it? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We uh, we got off a way far away from bookstore talk, but that's <laughs> that's what I like to do. We talked about the important topics like peeing in the dark. Yeah, that's that's the hot topics of today. So when it comes to choosing which sometimes i uh i just need to tell my editor like hey just cut this part out because i sound like an idiot <laughs> <laughs> no i'll probably just leave it in but um are there any books that you would recommend to me to read um i mean just any book I mean, anything, anything as long as you're reading anything by Alona Andrews is a great book. Um, Do you I, think guys would like Alona Andrews? Because it's, it's a duo, a guy girl duo, right? Yeah, but what it is, is um, I grew up in a female centric family um, and that I'm drawn to heroine tales and not so much hero tales. And that's why I like those books. It's always a heroine that's kicking ass and you know, Kate Daniels, which is the main character in that book, she has a lot of power and she's, you know, messing people up all day. So it's very exciting to me when a girl is the main character because most of the time it's a guy. Um, so those are the kinds of books I like. I don't know if a guy likes those kinds of books. Um, I guess it depends on the guy. Yeah, I know. So it would, it's, an action, magical, romance type book, but a lot more on the action and magic and a lot less on the romance, if it makes guys feel better. <laughs> At what age would you recommend starting up that type of book? I'm thinking for my daughter. Oh, no, it's an adult book. Definitely adult. Okay. Um, yeah, we keep it in the not, adult section. Not the young. And then the other one, the uh, Amelia Atwater Rose. That would be like that's a, a young adult tween, book. Like, yeah, it's a tween book. The girl in the book is 16. Okay. I get those questions a lot, but I didn't have, I wasn't censored as a child on what I could and could not read, watch, listen to really. So um, it's hard for me to determine those things because I guess I have to look at, you know, what would I let my kid read, but neither of my kids like to read. So um <laughs> have you been keeping up to speed with this uh florida or i don't know if it's was it florida where they're like banning or is it texas where they're banning a lot of books out of the, like the children's section they tried to do that in victoria did they la uh, last year they tried not succeeded or? um a bunch of parents put in a bunch of requests to remove a bunch of books from the children's section I don't think they wanted to remove them completely from the library. I'm not 100% sure, but they wanted them placed in a different section where children couldn't get to them. Like an older kid might get to them? Um, no, like children and like young readers and young adult. The young adult books that were on the list were had 
you know, either sexual overtones or um, had uh, some, I think some of them were books about how to cope with, you know, being gay and things like that. But there were some books on the kids one that were like my two dads or I think one of them was about a little girl of color. And I was like, are y'all trying to slip in being racist? <laughs> and just, I, I guess it's, it's just weird that people want to take books away. Um, but then sometimes that happens at the bookstore and I tell the girls like, Hey, I don't want to sell that book. So please throw it away. Like, um, we found a lot of books that were, um, how to it, it was there was a book about how to um like break up an interracial marriage like wow oh no your like kid is specifically about that <laughs> yes like your kid is getting married to a somebody and um there was a book in the young adult section that i found that was um I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically like why boys can do things girls can't. And it was talking like about how up and peeing or what? <laughs> no, it was talking about how um, basically like they get away with more because they have high testosterone. So they will get angrier and it's OK because they're boys and girls don't understand. And I was like, I don't really think that's. There might be some truth to that. And there's, again, like a lot of nuance in there. I, well, that raises a kind of an interesting question. But it was actually the title that was, it was, um, I can't remember exactly what the title was, but it it was like a boys will be boys title. Like, okay. Yeah. And I, I saw it and I was like, what is this about? Because it is a weird title, boys will be boys. And it was actually a nonfiction book, which, and it was all an old book. It was from like the 60s or something and it was basically talking about how you shouldn't get upset with boys for doing this stuff because boys will be boys and i was like ah, let's take that off the shelf <laughs> well it depends on what it had in there you know i i think that men and women and men and women that's such a freaking triggered word now but the same masculine and feminine i think there are some people who are insanely masculine there's some people who are insanely feminine whether it's estrogen testosterone and you do act incredibly different in fact who was someone was talking to a transitioning person they transitioned from female to male mm -hmm. and so they started taking heavy testosterone and i think the comment was i didn't realize how angry and sexually charged men are yeah. like i didn't ex i didn't realize that the hormones that are just driving through your body drive you to be insane assholes and i'm like see i'm not an insane asshole because <laughs> i want to be that's just how i was born um so i i think going back to like well let's go back to that book that you said where it's like how to break up an interracial marriage yeah i would agree with you that that is not a book that is very kind and it probably shouldn't be perpetuated but there's other people who, who would disagree so yes. if, if you agree with censoring no books or you agree with highly censoring books there's got to be a line somewhere yeah and i think the line is um i own that store privately so i made the decision to take that off the shelf but the public library is a public library. So you think that sh book should be in a public library? 
if it's in there and you're looking for it, go ahead and get it. Um, also, these books that I found, they were in the back of the store. So <laughs> nobody was looking at them anyway. Um, and I was like, why do we have this? Get rid of it. <laughs> this, it's just trash. Good business decision. Uh, we have books in the back of the store that are like, um, we call them web books because we only have them on Amazon. We don't actually have them out in the store for the public. And it's usually because they're older books and, you know, if people are messing with them, they might fall apart and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make room. So I'm trying to have books that I can sell. <laughs> and some of those books have been there forever. And I'm like, well, it's probably not selling because it's about something weird. <laughs> so do you deal in like antique books or like first editions? Do you have specialty books that you deal with? Um, I'm not trained to determine <laughs> whether or not a book is authentically first edition or anything like that. So usually if we get a book and it looks like it may be a first edition, I haven't gotten one, first of all. But if we do have one, I uh, it usually says like in the description that it looks like a first edition, not that it is actually a first edition, because again, we don't have the expertise to know whether or not it is. There's not like a serial number you can look up typically. I or? have no idea because we haven't actually gotten one in since I've been in the store for me to actually research it. Okay. And I don't even know if we have any in the back. There's we have 70,000 books in oh, our inventory. Wow. Um, and the front of the store has a ton of books. It's 4,000 square feet of books. So when you come in, you're looking at a ton of books in the store, but you don't realize that behind the counter, there's another giant room full of books. <laughs> so it's, I just don't have the time yet to look through all of them. And that's basically what I'm spending all of my money on right now is payroll because the girls have been going through the books and determining, you know, what still has value. We have books in the store that have been in there since you know, 2007 and haven't moved. So they're going through the books, determining, you know, what books still have value, what don't, what needs to go out on the floor that's, you know, in the back and what books we just really need to get rid of because they're not moving. Well, if any books show up with a Robert Jordan signature, just let me know. <laughs> we also get books with signatures. And again, we can't sell them that way because we can't authenticate them. How would you though? This like that's interesting. It's signed right. by the author. And is it like actual pen or is it, it one of those it's like a marker. stamps? Okay. Yeah. So the first book in the series came with her actual signature and then the second two books came with the stamp. Um, but I actually have, you know, my receipt and everything showing that I purchased a signed book from Jennifer L. Armantrout. So that's authenticated when a book comes in, and it's signed, you know, it could have been signed by anybody. I can look at the signature online and say, hey, it looks pretty similar, but I can't guarantee that they actually signed it. And it's kind of a slippery slope to say that they signed it. Yeah, I'm certain there's someone out there that at least claims they know. And maybe there's like a really definitive way to be like, nah, that's official. I know, because I was at half price books and they have a whole section of like signed books. And those are just brought in by people. How do they know that they're really signed by I'm that gonna person? going to sign the book. And, but if you get any Eye of the World, and it even if it's fake, but it has a Robert Jordan signature, let me know. I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely take that off. I got that. a Hank the Cow Dog that was signed the other day. Hank the... 
did I read Hank the... Why does that ring a bell? Maybe my daughter's been reading that. Maybe. Hank the cow dog. I've never read it. I never read it as a child. Um, so I don't really know. But um, I actually gave it to somebody who told me that their family loves Hank the cow dog. And I was like, well, cool. This one signed. And I took it to them and they were very excited. That was cool. You ever uh, read Mouse and the Motorcycle back in the day? Uh, no, I did not. I tried getting my daughter on that and I it's just dated. It's kind of too old now. It was back in the 30s it was written. Maybe a little bit later than that, but definitely not a uh didn't hold up. It's no Nancy Drew or Hardy Boys. I didn't sure. even know about Harry Potter when it came out. I didn't read Harry Potter until I don't know, maybe a couple years after I it came out. I was Woodstock. in ISS at school. Like in school suspension? Yeah. You're a bad girl? No, I talked a lot and I'm from You, the I, introvert book reader? If and this is why I, I was worried about being on a podcast. If I have a good camaraderie with somebody, it's like or a good connection, I won't shut up. All right. But if I don't feel that, I, I'm very quiet. So like if you sit me next to my friend, it, it's not a good idea. So I'll get in trouble a lot for talking in school. <laughs> Well, you do not get in trouble for talking here. And um, yeah, so I was in ISS and I was actually the ISS aide. So the ISS teacher would be like, where's my second period aide? And I'd be like, I'm over here, um, <laughs> which isn't good. Um, and I always loved being in ISS because, you know, you finish your work for the whole day by 10 a.m. And then you get to read the rest of the day. It's funny because I first read Jurassic Park in ISS. Right? It's the best. And um, <laughs> so I went to the little ISS library and that's where I found Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And your life has never been the same. If I wasn't in trouble, I never would have found it. Dumbledore dies. Well, thank you <laughs> so much for coming on. I love talking about books. Um, I'm very excited to come visit the store. I'm definitely going to come out now. Um, as we mentioned before, it's about, uh, what was the address? It's 2210 North Navarro. It's so right next to Double Dave's Pizza. The new Double Dave's location south of Airline. Sorry, mm -hmm. all my international readers. Uh, you can't really access it, but you can go online and on Amazon and find, can you search for Redbird books through Amazon? Amazon doesn't like let you do that. They're, um, they're mean. But Bezos? I if know. You hear this. <laughs> but I am currently building a website, so um, hopefully that'll be out soon. And good. That'll be really good. Thank you so much for sharing your passion with us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I want to make sure after traveling around so much to highlight some Victoria stores because I really think Victoria is up and coming. I think it's going to be the next city in Texas that really takes off because it hasn't been, I mean, can't say it hasn't been discovered, but there's so much growth around here. And what's exciting to me is people like you and people like Josh, who's going to be on next that have really invested their, their time, their energy, their money, everything into their community. And the art of Victoria is starting to shine. Like, and I think the things like bookstores and the just the tradition of things that have been around for a while, bringing community together is beautiful. No matter where you leave, live, just 
being part of a community and putting effort back into where you live and fo focusing not on all the crap that's happening elsewhere and saying, oh, the world's terrible, but focusing on where you're at and putting into it and making an actual difference. Couldn't I can't respect you enough for doing that. Thank so you. thank you for taking the time to come on. Yes, sir. Come to my bookstore, please. Absolutely. Redbird Books. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Thank and you. bye, everybody. Hey everybody, the conversation is getting bigger and bigger and I want to invite all of you to join in. There's a few ways to do it. You can go to IamWoodstock.com, that's I-A-M-Woodstock.com. There you'll find a contact form where you can input your email and contact me directly. You can also go to the I Am Woodstock Facebook page to leave comments and start a conversation with the entire IAW community. If you're a fan of pictures, check out the I Am Woodstock Instagram where my wife is sharing some of the family adventures. If you're enjoying the show and want it to grow even more, go to the Good Stuff page on my website. There you'll find links to all of my sponsors as well as a link directly to the I Am Woodstock Patreon where you can become an official patron and allow me to be picky about the sponsors I choose. Thank you all for the support and don't forget, this is all about starting real conversations. If you're driving in your car, call up a friend who you haven't seen in a while and discuss some of the topics you've come across on the show. Trust me, you will not regret it. See you next time. I am Woodstock.